there are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio Studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome back to the show, Hi-Fi Radio. Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, your co-host, and of course, it is Jack's son's birthday, James Hartle. Uh, James, you're a good kid. You're a good kid, James. Get closer to him. We want to hear you, James. You're a beautiful boy. We want to hear that beautiful voice of yours. And like I said, this is sort of like doing the... um, uh, your little Christmas uh, Christmas concert at school. You're up in school up there. You're singing uh, Feliz Dad Up. Hey, that's the same kind of a thing. This is just a little radio, okay? So uh, think in those terms, there, James. Um, it's your birthday, James. I'm gonna tell you something. You're a good kid. Uh, today, uh, Jack and I were just looking at the price of Cisco. It's a stock. They make telephone equipment, routers, and uh, security and all that good stuff. Cisco used to compete with Nortel. Nortel, bye-bye. Cisco survived. Um, Cisco's earnings came out and they were strong. They're up somewhat, uh, well, the stock is trading higher by about 3 to 5%. Um, and I it, said, it's, I one said, of, I said, it's one of the real tech darlings that survived the tech bubble. Yeah. Sort of crashed. No, no, sort of, no, no, did fully crash. crash. Okay, so, yeah, fine. it was down 90%, down on the mat. And then, so it was new technology in 1999. Now it's old technology. And when we bought it, we bought it at probably a 13 times earnings multiple. It was cheap. So it was cheap. It was, it was cheap. boring, cheap, out of favor. Yeah, it was out of favor and it was a value buy. And so, anyways, so this morning I said to Jack, I said, Jack, when do we buy Cisco? Take a look on the system. Because we've held that stock now for a long time. And without looking, Jack said, we bought it six years ago. We'll phone my son's birthday. And it's his birthday today. I is it, isn't that exciting? So, Jack, or James, you're good luck, I'm going to say. Um, and th- there's a moral to the story. Uh, owning stock can sort of be like having a son. Think long term, you know. You, 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 you're, you're <laughs> going, you, you are going to be James Hartle, the son of Jack Hartle forever. Uh, and likewise with mummy, Kate Hartle. And, uh, you know, we, we as Canadians, we don't, we don't think long enough term uh, when we make our investments. But if we do, and you buy simple quality, slightly out of favor. So, so here's the second part of that story for uh, brothers and sisters. Uh, six years ago, we bought Cisco. It was down on the mat. It started to turn up, and we entered the stock. The stock used to be, gee, in the tech wreck, I would say, well, 23 probably a $200 stock. We, we paid $23 for it. That was 23, right, Jack? 23, 23 50, US. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the stock went to 25. I said, Jack, we got a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Let's buy more. That's what we do. We buy on the way up. We bought more stock and then right back down. And it was down for about a year and a half. And of course, the Wolfman began cursing. That's right. But I the, the earnings throughout that period of time kept on rising. The earnings were good. The dividend was paid, was being paid. The, so dividend the fundamentals was, were just fine. The business was fine. The action was not. And the action remained tepid for probably two years. And I was cursing. I said, Jack, I was getting close to dumping. I really, I was getting close to dumping the value stock, but we didn't. We hung on for well, quality. Uh, we said, we can't sell it here from where it was. We got to be patient. And we, we stayed patient. And six years later, well, 23 became 55 plus a 3% dividend for um, six years. So we're, we're up by about 130% plus it was a U.S. trade. better than a double, right? So better, better than a double. And so that's the type of stuff, you know, I think Canadians need to focus on. When, you, when, you're, when you're investing, if you buy quality, and it can be out of favor, don't buy too much of it. If you can understand the business, appreciate what the business does, if earnings are going up and if sales are going up, the stock will have its day once again in the sun. Um, now, I'm going to pivot over into our guest, uh, Mark Goldfried. Um Mark is a bond manager. He's head of what's called head of fixed 
income. Um, but fixed income isn't so fixed in a rising interest rate market, my good friend. That's perhaps for later in the show. Uh, Mark is the chief investment <laughs> officer as well uh, with Canoe. Uh, Canoe, a company partially owned by our good friend. Uh, Brett Wilson. Brett Wilson. Yeah, out at West. We have to, we have to, I'm, I'm waiting for an invite, by the way, to Brett's uh, party. Jack thinks I'm going to. Which one? The uh, garden party? The garden party. You're on. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had him on the show and we spoke to philanthropy and uh, he was an absolute star to the topic of uh, philanthropic uh, participation. He's uh, a big believer. He gives away a lot of money. He does give away a lot of money. Um, it's nice to see, uh, you know, a company like Canoe, uh, you know, manage uh, assets in, in this world of dominance by, you know, big financial institutions. Uh, I'm curious how long you guys stay independent because, you know, every time Jack <laughs> and I work with an independent uh, fund company, uh, you know, f- for various types of accounts, um, eventually they get taken over. Uh, well, Wolf, <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that you're, you, you know, you've hit something there. I mean, I don't think that Canoe Financial is for sale, and that's something that, that we're, you know, we're building a, a firm for, for the longevity, and we think that there's all kinds of space and opportunity for independent, actively managed uh, mutual fund companies that have a real view on the results that we're providing to our investors and the service that we provide the advisors. I think you're right, though. I think in the long, long run, you're going to see giant asset managers out there that provide beta and nobody should pay for beta because that's just market return. And there are going to be guys like us that are specialists on the outside that are going to try to add value in places where there's specialty. And those are the guys that are going to be able to earn asset management fees on a go-forward basis. So so let's talk then about fixed income. Fixed income, my good friends, is bonds, uh, sort of like a GIC. Um, GIC has actually picked up a bit of uh, interest from investors, I'd say, in the last uh, 12 months, uh, Ajax. And, um, well, they're actually starting to get paid for them, and they're getting paid more than you would with a, a typical bond or a comparable bond. So, to but speak. basically, the round number that you can get on a GIC today is roughly three percent. You know, squeeze the supplier, shop hard, you may get yourself an extra quarter of a point, three and a quarter percent return. Um, we had a client call up, and they were looking at some fixed income, and we were speaking. To, we were then comparing blue chip stock dividends to to comparable fixed income from the same company. In other words, McDonald's stock versus McDonald bond, yeah, Cisco stock versus Cisco bond, and every example that we found, the dividend alone was slightly greater than the um, bond yield. Right. So you say, what's the point? You take on equity risk, but the company You take on equity risk, but if the company yeah. then had, trades at 13 times earnings, that means it has what's called a 7% earnings yield. So the company is actually making twice what it's paying in its dividend. The payout ratio is fit. The math is quite simple. So I say then to my good friend, Mark Goldfried, I want you to think about this because we are going to go to commercial break as I'm getting the rap from everyone in the house except for my buddy, um, James. He's been good to me. He got the present. Uh, we're going to talk about that Lego, by the way, you got there, James. Uh, it's all about Lego. love Lego. But d- in, in the world of bonds, it is difficult in this environment. I want you to think, how can people make money in fixed income? How much fixed income should they have uh, in their portfolio? Uh, a, think about the crash that we just had in the month of uh, Q4 of last year. That's always an eye-opener for people. Do you have enough fixed income? But then you look at the you know greed back on in this year. Uh, so you're, you're in a difficult space, Mark. I want to talk about that uh, more with Mark Goldfried, Head of Fixed Income, Chief Investment Officer That's right. uh, with Canoe Financial, a good old Canadian company, eh? That's us. Right after this on Hi-Fi Radio. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. That's pretty cool, eh, James? Yeah. The Beatles singing yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're singing your birthday on your birthday. It's amazing. Now I was thinking 16 candles, um, but 
James is six, not 16. So in 10 years, we'll open up with that one. Uh, <laughs> before we talk about the exciting world of bonds, uh, James, okay, let's talk about something that's more exciting to me. Dear to my heart, very dear to my heart is Lego. I love Lego. I've always loved Lego. And I'm going to say smart kids play with Lego. Uh, you have to be smart to be able to put that stuff up. But the stuff I had was pretty basic. Uh, the stuff you got is pretty cool. You got yourself a three-in-one kit there. How many pieces in that uh, Lego box you got you're holding there, James? 333. You have 333 pieces. So you're off to see some dinosaur bones in a little bit at the gallery uh, with uh, your mummy, right? Yeah, Kate's going to take you to the gallery. Uh, you're excited about playing with that Lego. So I'm going to ask you, how long do you think it'll take you to put that 333 pieces of Lego together? 25 minutes. You're going to do it 25 minutes? 25 minutes? I'm going to take, no the, I'm gonna take the over on I'm that I'm taking one. the well, under. I got the under. Yeah, you, you got the under on that, Mark. <laughs> I look at James. Look at that kid. He's smart. I, I know. He's smart. Right yeah, he is smart. Yeah. Yeah, All right, you guys, so you're gonna get back to us. That your dad's gonna report back to us as to how long it took you. So, to so what do you think of the Lego, Lego that Wolfgang got you, James? You pretty excited? Yeah. Looks pretty neat, eh? Yes. Yeah, right on. Well, you have fun with that Lego. It's it's, it's good stuff, and it uh, well, you can do so much with it, James. You keep playing with that Lego, okay? I think. Uh, well, you look see all these buildings being built around us, all these cranes in the sky, and uh, people working away. Well, those people, many of them used to play with Lego too. Now look at what they built. You got the L Tower. Good golly, how did that thing stand? I don't know. You got the CN Tower. And it's ironic, I was pointing out to a couple of those high-rises out, out the window there, uh, James. Uh, 25 years ago, high-rise in Toronto was 25 stories. Eh? Right by the Toronto Star, right, right, yep. right across the street from the Toronto Star Building, a couple, a couple of condos, uh, 25 stories. Uh, I remember my good buddy Martin Street, God rest his soul, used to live in one of those and had a few pops of them in his condo. It was so much fun. But you could swing a cat back then, back right. then as he did. You uh, cannot, that, you, you you cannot, cannot swing, swing a cat, no, swing a cat in the condo now. Nope, nope, now it's little puppies. Anyways, uh, Mark Goldfried in the studio with us. This is Hi-Fi Radio. It is a show about money. It's uh, James Hartle's birthday, Jack's beautiful little son. Something to celebrate. Birthdays are important, James. You know, they're very, very important. So it's good to have you in the studio here with us. Uh, but we're talking about the world of bonds. And again, let, 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 let's, um, let, let, let's phrase this. Let, let's frame this one up here. James is six. James should have no bonds in his portfolio. Agreed. James should have no bonds in an RESP. James should be all stock and all stock for a long, I, long time. I agree. Now, you get clients and people who are 64. Yep. Right? And it's the 64-year-olds who got rattled in the Q4 of 2018. Um, and they had too much equity. Those who got rattled had too much stock, plain and simple, which means they need to speak to perhaps a fellow like you and get some fixed income. But again, good golly, Miss Molly, how are you going to be able to make any money for people in the bond? Interest rates are going up, perhaps. Jack thinks maybe they're going to lower in the United States. That's a bit of a crapshoot, but for, for good reason, the bond market is starting to price that probability in. Regardless, rate hike, hike or cut, the trend for rates from now on is up or not lower. It's been a 30-year bull market in bonds. I think we could have at least a 10 or 20-year bear market in bonds. Uh, rates go up. <laughs> How are you going to make any money? All right. I'm going to start this one off by, yes, we can make money in second. I'm going to start off. I'm not going to start off, but I'm going to take the other side of that. You're telling me 30-year bull market in bonds and we can't go lower in interest rates, and I'd suggest that we can, and I think that that's going to be a function of the underlying fundamental economy. I am looking at an economy in North America now that continues to see deflationary pressure, lack of growth, lack of manufacturing, and the only place where we have strengths is employment, which is a lagging indicator of the economy. So when I sit here and I, and I think about where our rates, and on a secular basis, I think it's difficult for me to say, we're going higher, we're going lower, or we're going to stay stable. 
on a very long-term basis, but this is what I would suggest to you guys. There's no inflation in the United States. We're running into slower and softening global growth. There's no inflation globally. Um, the Federal Reserve Board is concerned about deflation pressure and the fact that inflation expectations in the United States are anchored around zero. And when you have inflation expectations anchored at zero, you Japanify your economy. And that is a big concern. So we're seeing a situation, I believe, and we're going to start to see in the next six to 12 months. We saw the Fed pivot already this year. They've gone off their hiking policy mm -hmm. and into something that they call a pause, where they're going to talk this year about inflation targeting as opposed to uh, inflation averaging as opposed to inflation targeting. We've underperformed and undershot the 2% inflation target for the last 10 years. There's a ton of inflation that needs to be made up, and we are now starting to hear Fed governors talk about inflation running hot at 2.5% for a long enough period of time to rebuild inflation expectations, which, by the way, guys, good for stocks, but also not bad for bonds because there's only one way you can make inflation move up, and that's by super easy monetary policy. So I'm in Jack's camp because I don't think that we're going to see a Fed rate cut this year or Bank of Canada rate cut this year. The, the issue I, is, though, that the market is pricing one in. They're oh, pricing in a, a rate cut by the Fed, potentially even two. And if that doesn't come through, then you've got a problem because the, the market is expecting easier policy, which, like you said, is stimulative for equities. And right now, they're, I'm not saying they're priced to perfection. We've had a bit of a correction here now, but they are priced for a rate cut, which might not come true. Well, you know, and I, th I think what, what you're talking about, Jack, is really the, the uh, probability of a rate cut is priced by the difference between OIS and, and, the, and the actual Fed funds rate. And we, I do see that. For the December meeting, the market is pricing in a 71% chance of a cut while the Fed is communicating, n you know, no rate hikes or no rate hut cuts in 2019. What I believe we're going to see happen, though, is as the Fed communicates this average inflationing that the market's start, going to start to accept the fact that the Fed is going to have to maintain an easy monetary policy. Now, whether they lower rates this year or they lower rates next year doesn't matter. And the point I'm also trying to make is to the point where they stopped raising rates in December of last year, they had already raised rates 225 basis points, nine rate hikes, and they pulled out $800 billion of quantitative easing, which we estimate is another half to 1% of rate hike. All that monetary policy removal happened while inflation was still below the 2% target. So we are in an, an environment where the lagged response of monetary policy, I believe, is going to continue to compress fundamentals in the United States. But to, to Wolf's earlier point, we're in the green right now, big time. And why is that? What's changed? Global growth still slowing. Trade still dispute. However, the Fed has changed tact. Last year, I think what created the crush in the market was trade, slower growth, and the Fed saying, I'm raising rates every quarter until I yeah, get that, into that the pivot, That pivot was huge. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Uh, Mark Goldfield, uh, Goldfree, excuse me, um, head of fixed income, chief investment officer with uh, Canoe Financial. Uh, I'll, show you, I'll say it's a bit of a sobering uh, view that you have on the uh, bond market. Uh, as such... Sober or not, I'm going to maintain a bias towards equity. Well, you know, we, we went through my mind here, and again, we got to wrap this up. We went to my mind. I'm going to find out if Lego is a public company because that's a brand uh, that I can get my fingers into, shall I say. Right, James? Yeah. You got it, man. You know it, James. Uh, of course, James Hartle is having his little birthday, so he wants to get up the studio and go run around Toronto and uh, see some other cool things uh, to fill your day up with joy and fun, eh? 
Yes. Go up to the ROM and check out those dinos. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. Go west, young man. Go to California. Live your, actually, I know a fella who um, moved to California, Jack. An old writer, an old ra- ladies, pay attention to this one here. Uh, an, old, an old radio writer wrote copy, ad copy, uh, probably 25 to 30 years of age uh, for course, and was so well paid. <laughs> Think about it. A copywriter. Uh, and said, no, I'm going to go out west. Uh, got a job at Pixar and is now a co-president for a major production company doing large, large, large. Uh, yes, indeed. Anyone that goes out west, they don't tend to come back, whether it's the Sunshine State or BC. They seem to just fall in love with the uh, the land out there. Well, you know, again, it, it's, I think it's full of um, success and failure, uh, that journey out west. Because, again, the climate's nice enough. If you don't make it, you end up on the street. Uh, again, I, I, you roll your eyes, but you think about it. Not, not all dreams are made. Right. Uh, again, I'm all about going for, going for it. Uh, anyways. It is what it is. You know, it's interesting. Uh, whenever you and I talk about the movie stocks and the movie business, people don't go to the movies anymore. You're right. They don't go to the movies anymore. I cannot wait to drive up to Minden and then take my little uh, day trip over to my favorite theater, the Kinmount Theater uh, in the heart of Kinmount. Uh, Keith. That, I would say that used to be the argument back in the 70s and 80s, Wolf, and they brought out the VHS and the, and the Betamax. They used to say that no one's going to go to a theater anymore. So the movie industry and theaters have certainly survived. But uh, the on-demand that you're seeing with Netflix and some of these uh, new, you know, on-demand services, whether it's Disney, Amazon, Apple, they're all creating content. Then they're creating good content. Uh, yeah. They, well, look, let's speak to to a man who knows more about it than I do, certainly, uh, and that's uh, Keith Strata. Uh, Keith, you're you're the founder of of, of uh, the Highland Cinemas. Yeah, it was my pastime to do something. So we, when I was in the '60s, when I was in high school, we were interested in film and. We did a few 60-millimeter movies in high school, but when I got out, the reality was the Vietnam War was on. Nothing was happening here, so I stayed in Canada and did other things, went into construction and so on, and then eventually the theater evolved as a hobby. That was It opened in 1979, so we're 40 years old this year. And from the time that it opened, it started in 16-millimeter. In 84, it went over to 35. Then in 86, we added a second screen. In 88, we added another screen. In 91, we had started to enlarge some of them, and then by 95, we had five screens and 550 seats. The theater has a 4,000-square-foot museum, which is part of the, the complex, and uh, it, uh, it, it, kinda, it wasn't so, ma- so much if you build it, they will come, as they kept coming, and we had to keep adding on. So, But, uh, you know, it's a different business now than it was 20 years ago. Um, there is as you say, all these things going on, the streaming services and so on, and, and people make choices uh, as to whether they're going to go to a movie. It has to be a movie they think they want to pay for and they want to see. They were doing that 20 years ago. It was, it, if you ran a trailer, you could listen to them saying, well, I'm going to wait for video. But the thing is that today it's more because a lot of the TV productions that are being done are, are quite classy and, in fact, better than the movies. And I think I got broke my ankle this winter, so I got to see a hell of a lot of TV I bought on Blu-ray, 
while I was sitting with my foot up. And one thing that became pretty obvious is if you watch a, a series that goes four or five years, you get to be, well, it was like Babylon 5. When I saw that, everybody kind of got used to the characters. You were visiting with friends every night, and when it was over, you missed them all. So you don't get that out of a movie because it's a one-night deal, and that's what it, it is what it is. So Hollywood really has to improve some of the quality on some of these films to get people out because they don't go to every movie. They go to the ones that they choose to see, and the rest they wait for, for video. But you know, illegal downloading, of course, is another issue, too. That's not doing the business any good, so Hollywood needs to step up and do something. It's theft is theft, you know. Uh, uh, Keith, it sounds like you have a little cabin fever. You haven't spoken to anyone in a little while. Uh, it seems like you're pretty giddy to be chatting with us. Uh, is, is that true? Well, <laughs> I'm just teasing you. I always find when I come up to men in the locals, the locals come out of the woodwork and they can't wait to talk. I haven't seen anyone in six months. Oh my God, I'm dying to say hello to somebody. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing you again. I'm just teasing you. Know, well, the, the long weekend is the unofficial kickoff to the well, summer. That, that's and that's, it. you know, movie, th- no, movie so, time too, right? So, so tourism plus the theater. So let's talk about flooding. Uh, up in cottage country, a lot of Torontonians have, have been watching their various prey camps and, and, and dock camps to see uh, how much uh, water is over or under their docks. Uh, is, is the bulk of the flooding subsided? How's mending? Can we get back? Because they're in a state of emergency. So let's start. Can we come to town? Well, as far as I know, it's gone down. I, I've been, I was in a wheelchair for three months, and I'm still not totally mobile after my little episode of stupidity. So, um, But I understand that it was almost as bad as a few years ago, but from my understanding, it's gone down now. I know that uh, we don't have a problem in Kenmount. We're several hundred feet above the Burnt River. So you're, <laughs> so you're good. Water, but it ain't coming up here under, under any conditions. And, and the only thing that, you know, they say build on a hill. We built on a hill, but we didn't count for the marsh behind us. And that led to six, 2,000 feet of ditching and 40-some thousand dollars to keep the marsh from heading towards us. So, and is that where anyway, the bear, that's where your bear hang out anyways, eh? If you eat all well, the there's, there's all sorts of animals in the woods. There's, you know, bears and deer. Uh, uh, Keith, you got yourself such a great business. Uh, I just came back from a European tour, and I met my sixth and seventh cousin who have taken over a, f- uh, a family winery called Klein Winery. Um we don't think that way in North America in terms of multi-generational businesses. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, uh, the Highland Cinema uh, right after the break to see uh, in fact, who is going to take over this iconic venue. That It's a darling to Canada, I have to say. Your, your place is a darling to Canada, so who's going to take it over? But let us pay some bills around here and get right back with Keith Strata. Uh, he's with the uh, Highland Cinema in the town of Kinmount right after this on Hi-Fi Radio. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. That's sort of the uh, theme song I was looking for, the old Sunday night, 6 o'clock, uh, wonderful world of Disney. Disney, you know, there, there's a company, Jack, that you've had your eye on for some time, and they continue to uh, chug along very nicely, uh, taking all of in uh, all of the Hulu uh, company. Now, that, that was through uh, Fox, yeah. Through Fox, uh, underneath their belt. Um, but they, you know, you talk about content, they've got the iconic library, uh, and, you know, we talk about Netflix, Apple, Amazon, all these companies are spending so much to create content. Content is king. Content is they've king. They've already got it, so they got to get it connected, they got to get people streaming it, and uh, I think that's the next plan for them. Well, you know, I still think people should get out and about and, uh, well, 
hang out with some other people. Uh, look, if you need something to do, you're up in uh, cottage country, you have to take a drive into Ken Mountain, go to Highland Theater. Uh, it's a must-see venue. Uh, we have uh, Keith Strata on the line. He's the uh, b- brainchild uh, behind uh, the Highland Cinema. But, uh, Keith, do you have children? And uh, are, who's going to take over uh, the Highland Cinema? And, you know, one day when you have a more severe fall, I don't want that to happen, but it's going to happen to all of us, my good friend. You know, as bad as the hospital, they said life's like a roll of toilet paper. It goes faster towards the end. Anyway, you were mentioning Europe, a funny sidebar here. I had a, an envelope came in from Germany a couple of years ago and from Berlin, and my family's actually from over there in the 1870s. But anyway, this, it was a magazine, and it all in German. It was a photographic magazine. And I thought, why am I getting this? So I'm flipping through it, and there's an article in the center of it two or three pages on Highland Cinema. Of course, I couldn't read a word of it. Is that right? So, yeah, well, we've been written up wow. in Scotland and England and all over the place, and uh, there's been so many articles I lost track. My business partner will technically take over the theater if uh, I pass away. I don't have any children, so I'm not married. So, And uh, he has to look after the 42 cats, too. So Yeah, you have the rescue the cat. Right? Now, by the way, just so you know, because we had you on air last year, you said most People aren't terribly responsible pet owners, and if you ran the show, you'd uh, basically dictate uh, neutering and spading. So I did buy myself or my family a golden doodle, and we got uh, poor Baxter fixed a few months ago. And Baxter's just congratulations. Yeah, but so I was, but I was thinking about you when when I sent him off to the pooch uh, the pooch factory to have him uh, repair. Shall I say? Uh, I thought about it. It was an easy decision for you, I guess, eh, Wolf? Uh, excuse me. My, my dog was humping my pillow. He was humping everything. It had to be done. Are you kidding me? Oh, my goodness me. Anyways, uh, yeah, the film business, the movie business, the show business. I love, There's no business like show business. That's what they used to say. And you know something? That's probably not – that can't be any truer now than ever. There's no business like show business. Like That business really is on wheels, uh, moving in multiple directions, as Jack just indicated. But when you step back, you know, going out for movies is a good, affordable event. It's a good experience. Uh, it's and a great it, it sounds experience. like, you know, up in Kin Mountain, you've got the museum. So that's what the, the millennials are looking for. They're not just looking for the content. They're looking for the experience. And it sounds like the Kin Mountain Theater is really doing that. So here's what happens. when Jack and I own the Cineplex stock. We can't buy the Kin Mountain stock. I guess we have to buy it lock, stock, and barrel. Uh, maybe, have to maybe, it. maybe it gets rolled up at some point into, into yeah, the pray, yeah, that, that is possible. No one's ever offered to buy your business off yet, eh, Keith? No, I don't think so. Kin Mountain's sort of an out-of-the-way place to buy a theater. <laughs> Uh, you probably, most people would consider you'd have to have rocks in your head to build five screens in a town of 300 people, but anyway. <laughs> yeah. The fact of the matter is, the business works for a number of reasons, and some even reasons I hadn't thought about at sure. the beginning. We we knew that the theaters being unique and, and that the museum reflecting things that were of inter- interest to people, the museum is designed to key into good memories from people's past, and so we don't concentrate too much back in the 20s and the teens because they're not here anymore, but the rest of them we try to work on things that you might remember. Like yeah. when I was in high school, the Kennedy, uh, or Kennedy assassination and Martin Luther King, and, and you know, you move through the decades, the shuttle disaster, all those things that are in there, plus the good memories and the toys and, and the technology that you remember and so on. And, and um, that's that's part of it. I had some people in from Chicago and they were flabbergasted. There was an article, there was a letter that was written by a lady who was in the University of Chicago, and they were on a dig in Egypt to the pyramids, and it turned out that this woman was their aunt. 
So anyway, I got I bought the letter in an antique store, so it was kind of neat. But people do find yearbooks and stuff, and, and we have a yearbook from Fenland Falls with Bruce MacArthur in it because he went to Fenland Falls High School here. So the thing is that there's all sorts of connections there, and people enjoy that part of it. But then I hadn't counted on the cats becoming it, but now a lot of people say they they spend just as much time visiting, visiting the cats as they do looking at the museum. So I suppose if you consider it, it all adds up to a sum total of something, you know. Yeah, but but again, your business ultimately does get down to what Hollywood releases. And again, Cineplex complained, or when I read up the analysts, read up the analyst reports on our Cineplex holdings, they said it was a weak box office season 2018. True or false, I don't know, sort of like blaming the Well, they, I say they, but, are, but, they are totally dependent on what Hollywood no, creates. No question Absolutely. About, no and there's hits it. and misses all the time. So what do we got coming out this year? Of course, we got the Avengers. That's obviously, I think, front and center. Uh, you got what, John Wick Chapter 3, uh, Detective, what, Pikachu, never heard of it, uh, Aladdin, uh, Lion King, Toy Story, Spider-Man, uh, Joker, Star Wars, oh, Jack, Star Wars at Christmas, Jack's excited about that. So, uh, Christmas present. Uh, what, what do you think is going to drive your tenants this year? What, what are the hot flicks uh, on your radar? Well, you're talking about 2018. Actually, that was our best year in a long, long time. We had phenomenal box office last year, and that was mostly because of the fact that some of the films that we didn't see clicked. Book Club was one. Uh, we excuse have me, excuse me. Keith, but Keith, you're on Hi-Fi Radio last year. We, we packed the joint for you, buddy. That's why you had a record year. Come on. <laughs> well, this year... The He's problem, not giving us credit, Jack. We're not getting credit for there it. There you go. I, <laughs> I, 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 yeah, uh, there you go. I, I, the thing that I would note that you've mentioned here is that the problem with the Hollywood releases with relation to us is that we're in a town of 300 people, which is tourist-driven, and our bis- business basically occurs in July and August. Yeah. Where if you look at the release schedule for Hollywood... I see it. They're shooting off most of their big in stuff the fall. in the spring. In the spring, yeah. Well, in the spring, before we get to our full audience, and a movie we run in the spring does one quarter of what it will do in the summertime. Yeah. So this is unfortunately the way it is. Now, last year, we didn't see the films in August that turned out to be there, and we had a good August. And so, like, now if you look at the films this year for July, they've shot off so many cannons. By the time you get to July, there doesn't seem to be a lot there, but maybe it'll change. But uh, that, that's one of our problems that's unique to here as opposed to, to Cineplex is the fact that we're not open all year, and we need our, our films in the summer when we got our people here. Of course, of and, course. And, and uh, you never know anymore what people are going to go to. There was a time I could predict that a movie would do business. I still remember Contact when it came out. Warner Brothers was going to go with Contact. it. Oh, Contact. Oh, oh, my, you are taking us back. Keith, we're running, Keith, we're running out of time, buddy. I'm telling you, you've been, you've been locked back, up too you long. Know? Your foot has been elevated for too long. I cannot wait for May 2-4 to begin. Keith, you can get in the parking lot. You can meet and greet. Give the cats a little little rubby rub. They can... You can even visit the bear. They can visit the bear. Uh, but, you know, really, the Highland Cinema, folks, if you're going to cottage country, uh, more the uh, Halliburton-type uh, part as opposed to the Muskoka part, Jack. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's so much to do. If you love cats, uh, Keith has them, of course. Film, we all love film. And who knows, uh, if you like Black Bear, it's better than going to the dump. I'm telling you, it's better than going to the dump. Oh, yes, the Highland just Cinema. Remember to, just, just remember to wear a bug jacket. <laughs> Uh, how are, yeah, how are the black fires? We need a black fire report well, before so I head up. Nothing. No, that's why I told my wife there's no bugs. My wife said you're, you always say there's no not bugs. Yeah, always, but yeah, but Strata was horrible. You're you're a treat to have on. Uh, welcome back uh, to the land of living. I'm glad you're you're vertical and you hit your feet hit the carpet again. And you have yourself a great season. I'll come by and see you. And uh, well, we'll uh, say hello when you're in. I I will do that, Keith. I will do that. He'll look for me. That's right. We cut up there. Ask for ask for what. 
Uh, I'm just kidding. No, 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 say it. Say it. I don't hear it. Ask the guy on tickets to look for me, and he'll find me. Are you the grumpy guy behind the counter? You no, never smell? You say thank no, you? You think I don't say thank you? Somebody, please? Somebody said that Roland was grumpy. That was their first comment of the year, so I don't know what happened. But anyway. <laughs> oh, boy, the town of 300, man. Everyone knows that now. Keith, we got to go. I'm getting the rap. I'm getting the slap. Uh, more of Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Life would be back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's going to be short, Jack. I hate to be the pessimist, but I think summer of 19 is going to be short. It's going to come out of nowhere, though, because we haven't even had spring. It hasn't even started yet. So um, when it arrives, I think it'll arrive with a bit of fury. Indeed it will. And, you know, so far, so I hate to say it, selling may go away. Uh, has a little bit of merit to it. but You're no, talking about the stock market I'm down 3%? The stock, are, you, yes. are you getting down on 3%? I, well, is, I am. That, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm, I'm being a pessimist here. I'm saying we're going to have a short summer. I'm saying sell in May, go away, work. Market's down 3% for the month of May, but uh, fret not. I think, uh, I think I, they'll I, be I, all right. 2019 has been a good year so far in the market. Our clients are very, very pleased. Good double-digit returns. Knock on wood. And hopefully uh, this little May uh, Trump uh, tariff. Uh, spat ends, and I think it's going to end. Uh, some of, I would say some of those cottagers going up to Muskoka this weekend for the long weekend, they're not going to be so happy either. You talk about selling May and go away, be disappointed. It's going to be, uh, I think people are going to be surprised with some of the damage that's happened with the flooding and with the ice, and uh, yeah, it'll be a slow start to the cottage season. Well, look, uh, we, we had our good friend uh, Keith Strat on from uh, the Highland Cinema. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, if, you, if you're into cottaging, uh, the floods have been a big concern of yours. Uh, and you want to know when you get the boat in the water. Uh, you know, is there still icebergs uh, floating around Lake Muskoka and the likes? Uh, so we got uh, uh, Jay Mortimer uh, on. Correct, Jack? That's correct, yeah. yeah. And uh, you talk about the uh, the Highland uh, Theatre being iconic. The uh, Mortimer's Point Marina, which is up in Muskoka, is uh, an iconic brand up in Muskoka. They got the big Esso sign out on the lake. It's a bit of a landmark. So it's, uh, you know, of a... That, 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 uh, you know, that, that Esso sign would be good pickings. I that, guess that, that would be good pickings. Uh, yeah, the old guys travel on the road of America and they go picking for junk. Uh, pickings, those signs are worth a lot. Jay, what's that sign worth? I may want to buy that. That's so sign off, yeah. You know what? The world's going electric, we so. Have a, hey? We've got a couple of them uh, in storage, so we might be able to make a deal on it. Yeah, uh, Jay, Jay Mortimer, uh, Mortimer's Point Marina, uh, family business, which is very, very cool. What are you, the second generation now with the uh, marina business being in your family? You know what? My, my family uh, came to Muskoka on an original, original land grant um, from, from uh, the Queen of England. So we've been, uh, we've been in Muskoka for 150 years. 150? And, uh, is that 150 years? That's 150 years. Well, they got a whole point yeah. named after them. You know, I, I, I'm going to make a, a point to you, uh, Jay. Uh, I would encourage someone in your family to jot down the family tree now. Do it now. Yeah, because, you know what? It, be, it's been documented pretty good. Has we, it? Uh, we take a lot of pride in it. So. As you should take pride in it. As you should take pride in it. Plus, I would assume it extends people's warranties, right? Hey, hey! Yeah. Been around for a while. Exactly. So you know, man, I bought the boat off in nineteen. Something was wrong with this boat you sold me in nineteen sixty, and I got the bill of sale. Can you fix it under warranty? 
I don't think so. You'd say them. Uh, so tell us first and foremost because uh, we got the bug, uh, the black fly report from Kinmount. Black flies not an issue, so you can head if they bother. You can still go up north. Uh, but the water levels. How are we in terms of the water table? Can we uh, get into our cottage? Or can can you put the boat in, or is the water over yeah. the dock? Yeah, the the, the boats are go. We're starting to put boats in now. You know, really, just this week we've been um, um, allowed by Mother Nature to, to start doing that. Um, generally speaking, on Lake Muskoka, the water is just below dock height, or for some people who might have a, a crib dock, uh, that's a bit lower, you know, just over still. So um, it's um, they've lifted the, uh, the uh, state of emergency on Lake Muskoka, Rosso, and Lake Joe, mm-hmm. and the Moon River. Also, the uh, Transport Canada um, boating restriction has been lifted. So we're free to boat. Um, we're hoping people exercise caution just because the, the water's still extremely high in a, in a normal year. Um, it would be, you know, uh, dangerously high. And I see it's cold, uh, a little, little shrinkage you walk in right now. It's cold, man. It's, cold, it's yeah. really cold still. Yeah. You know, we, the ice melted around May 1st on Lake Muskoka. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that, that's toe in the water and retreat, man. Toe in the water and retreat. Uh, we were around the line here with uh, Mortimer's Point Marina. Uh, Jay Mortimer's on the line with us. He also is a builder, uh, cottage country builders. Uh, so all of your boating needs, the dock got ripped out. He'll take care of it. If you want to buy a boat, he'll take care of that too. Oil change, he'll do it all. Uh, more, more with Jay uh, on Hi-Fi Radio right after this. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Uh, Brittany is back from her... Long-planned, long-spent wedding and honeymoon. Uh, Brittany, uh, of course, uh, she runs the big board for us here. Makes us sound so good. Uh, good wedding, uh, good honeymoon, Brittany? It was very good. It was very good, yeah. yeah. I'm glad it's over, though. Yeah. Did you play some Bob Marley on vacation? Of course. Of course. The whole time. The sun is shining at the Bob Marley. In fact, we got about three minutes left on the show. I was just going to let that song run, but can't do that. Nope, nope. They pay me the big bucks to talk to guys like Jay Mortimer, Mortimer's Point Marina. Uh, Jack, you've been going to Mortimer's Point Marina, I guess, to have uh, your family boats serviced in the past? Well, we're at Walker's Point, but uh, my wife, Kate, they're up in Cooper's Point, which is the north end of Lake Muskoka, and that's that's basically predominantly where Mortimer's Point Marina services. Right, right. So, so now that I'm up there with Kate's family, the Bromans, yep. that's where I launch my boat. So what we do in, in, in Minden is when we want to go north, we go to Halliburton. We want to go south, we go to Kinmount. Okay? That's what we do, my good friend. Uh, Jay, tell me something. Because um, was, was, Jack was showing me pictures of various boats that were submerged. Uh, excuse me, docks that were submerged and uh, boathouses that were sunk, footings gave, giving way and the likes. Uh, first off, with this type of flood damage, uh, your clients through your company, Cottage Country Builders, uh, is insurance paying for any of the repairs? Basically, the home, the cottage owner, uh, until the self-insured, and basically have to pay the full bill to replace such damaged items. You know, I think um, insurance varies um, from 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 person to person quite significantly, mm-hmm. and also, you know, the amount you pay into it. Yeah, but. Um, Generally speaking, docks aren't covered. Sorry, docks docks are tend not to be covered. Doc, docks are not covered because because some of these some of these uh, so I say customers of yours, clients of yours, residents of yours, cats, 
and kitties up there in the Muskoka. They're, they're spending some serious dough on docks, and uh, it, it, it's mind-boggling. So I would say the thing with insurance is they'll, they'll cover you on anything, right? But, yeah, the, but yeah, the problem sure. is how much are you going to pay? And at some point, you got to say, i got to self-insure this puppy. And but, but to build a dock, exactly. for example, so if I got myself a, oh, I don't know, a $500,000 cottage in Lake Muskoka, you're right, good luck. If I got myself a, sorry, $5 million cottage in Lake Muskoka, and I put a little dock yeah. on that puppy, how much do people tend to spend? I guess, you know, there's no average, but typical it's spend on a dock. You know, yeah. I'm a, we build docks, so, right. I, you know, the bigger the dock, the more money I make. Yeah. Um. But promoting a big dock isn't necessarily always about making more money for me. The, the property in Muskoka is, is um, you know, in Lake Rosso, too, is quite quite uh, hilly. And um, you don't have a lot of flat, level ground. Uh-huh. So what you, can, what you can achieve by building, you know, a dock as big as you'll, you're allowed is you're, you're basically building uh, usable living space, yeah. um, which, you know, is um, lake frontage is, uh, you know, Five, six, seven thousand dollars a foot. So, and, and, and so to build a dock, so how, how much a foot? Of, yeah, how much are we spending to build a foot of dock? To build up, to build like, a dock, well, well built, you know, well built. Yeah, cribs. Floating docks. They're, they're mostly steel now. You're right. Um, and it's steel docks range, depending on the condition, you know, of the uh, lake bed. Yeah. From fifty to seventy-five dollars a square foot. A square so, foot. Um, so to put it, put it one foot, slip so. in for to put a nice slip in, cost you how much? Yeah, you're, seventy you're, grand, something. Yeah, fifty to seventy is you know pretty pretty standard for a for a one slip two finger dock. And, and but that's, per, that's now permanent structure. It's for, permanent. It stays you know, there. For, sorry, I'm sorry. So that's a permanent structure. You don't have to lift it out of the water. I've seen these devices. Guys sort of crank them up and lift them out of the water. To, yeah, to, permanent structures in, on Lake Muskoka. I mean, most of the time, we end up with um, you know covered boat ports or boat houses with living quarters, which is unique to Muskoka. Yeah. And um, you know these houses we're building on these boat houses are. Uh, you know, a million dollars sometimes. So sure. it's a foundation for that. And you don't want to mess around. And we build them to the highest, highest quality possible. And it's not unrealistic, especially if you're talking a $5 million range cottage. Yeah. To have like a three, three to $500,000 dock. Yeah, yeah. Well, for the rich and famous up there in Muskoka, may have a good season. And uh, if you have issues with your dock, if you have issues with your boat, uh, you can speak to Jay Mortimer. And if you want to look for Cat Sanctuary, head over to Minden or Sue Kidmount and uh, go see our friends at the Island Cinema, Keith uh, Strata. He'd love to speak with you. I know he would. Uh, Jay, good job. Jack, thanks for setting up the guest. Jack Hartle, of course, uh, my wingman on Hi-Fi Radio each and every Saturday morning on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. <laughs> You've been listening to Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, Portfolio Managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi-Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week.